You know, it's funny that this morning we were having um, prayer time with, uh, with um, international pastors and leaders this morning. And I was saying this morning that when you begin to praise God and worship God and magnify God and glorify God's name and everything, <laughs> anything is possible to happen in Jesus' name. We heard, learned this morning through, our, through praise and worship is that, you know, uh, the first song was about there's a fresh outpouring that's about to hit, that's hitting the earth. It's not, it's not going to, it's already started hitting the earth and many people are missing the fresh outpouring, but today we're going to change some stuff around and get everybody back into position to be able to receive that which God has for them. If you ever work in ministry, if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. So what do you do? You overcome and you adapt, because that's what we're created to do. Overcome and adapt. Turn to your neighbor and say, man, it's time for you to overcome and adapt. It's time for you to overcome and adapt. It's time for you to overcome and adapt. And I'm going to tell you why you got to overcome and adapt. Because if you don't learn how to adapt, you will, the adversary will always stop you right in your tracks. I had a face, to, I mean, I knew about COVID. I knew all the effects of COVID and all that on society and people and fear and all that, but I had a face-to-face -face encounter with it. Was it Friday? Friday. And when I went to go see, uh, you know, cause I know some people think that all we do is pray and read the Bible all through the week, but that's not all we do. We, we see people, we pray with people, we we have meetings with other pastors and leaders and this past week i was um, i went to go see someone who who had been in uh, going through some some challenges in their body and so they were in a home they was in a hospital and if you and and the reality of it is is what regardless of what your position is on vaccination non-vaccination i don't care about all that um at the end of the day, my, my issue is the mandate. It's the mandate. That's what we have the issue with. So we get to the hospital, and I'm not going to tell you which hospital. I'm not going to tell you which province, nothing. All I'm going to tell you is when we got there, the challenges where clergy used to be able to just go in, see people, whatever. It's not like that now. you got to go through a whole bunch of stuff to get just to just, I mean, and that patient has that be at certain levels in order for you to get through if you don't have the vaccination. And then after you get through all the red tape and you get to that, get to the floors, if you talking about heaviness, heavy, I mean, just a, a spirit of heaviness on the floor, and I'm not even talking about just with the patients because the, the, the nurses, and we're gonna pray for them this morning, the nurses, the first responders, the doctors, they are wore out. And it, I mean, it was, I mean, it was right there. I mean, what, no watching it on TV, somebody come back and tell you about it. It was right there. And I mean, the, the level of care that people are getting now is not the same as it was before all the mandates and stuff went into place because a lot of people opted out not to do it. And as a result of not doing it and everything, government and employers made all kind of decisions and everything. But at the end of the day, the people who are suffering the most are the patients. 
because they are war, the, the staff is wore out. Patients wore out. And it's like, this, this it's real. It's real. And, it, and you, regardless of what your position on it is, I'm not here to debate that, nor will I debate it. So don't waste your time writing me, sending me text messages, sending me articles. I won't read them. My position on it is this. If you go get the vaccination and everything, stand on Mark 16. That know that if anything deadly may come upon you, it shall not harm you. If you make a decision, don't not to get the vaccine because a lot of people using Psalms 91. Psalms 91 is a is a is a scripture for deliverance, protection. We're not. If I ever take the vaccine or whatever the case may be, is that has nothing to do with protection. I believe my faith is in God and not in no vaccine. <laughs> I said that before. I did before I ever. Before there was ever COVID, I never took, I didn't take aspirin, I didn't take medications, I didn't take shots. The only time I ever had uh, shots or medications or anything like that was when I was in the Marine Corps and, and it was mandated that you had to take the vaccine because you're gonna, all these shots, because you're gonna go in different parts of the world. And when I had surgery to have my appendix out, any other time, I don't, if I have a headache or something like that, any time I've ever had a headache, I don't take medications, I stand on God's word. But that's not everybody. So I, I don't put that mandate on everybody. And you should not put that mandate on everybody because everybody's not at that level. But when I seen that on Friday, it was like, man, this, these people are, you get the fear. It's real. In the hospital, it's real. Family members trying to get you to, think about this. Your loved one's in the hospital, your child is in the hospital. And you, because you don't have a vaccination, can't go see them. Depending on what stage they're in. You can't go see them. It's real. Is that real? God for favor, and God showed favor in the whole nine yards with this, this family and everything. But guess what? It's real. There's many people standing on the outside trying to beg, plead, scream. And they got guards right there at the door. So regardless of what your position and everything in on there, I don't 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 waste your time or mine with it. Whatever your position is, I'm not trying to I'm not for it, I'm not against it. You be led. I don't, I have no fear of what man can do to me more so than what God has already provided for me. No fear of that. And most people, when I hear them talk about it, they talk about the fear of what could happen. That's fear. You can call it what you want. Dress it up, put a nice skirt on it. That's fear. Other people on the other side, they're fear of what might happen if they don't do it. So, I mean, it's, it all comes down to one word, fear. So that's not my message today, but I just want to share with you. It's real. People out there in the community, outside, they are hurting. And the last thing they need us to do is beat the bejeebas out of them because they didn't, they don't understand that what this can do to their body. Food does the exact same thing. Your food can kill you just as, as quick as a shot can. So... You, when you're talking to people, be mindful. You don't know their situation. They might have a family member who's in the hospital right now on a ventilator, about to die, 
and we're arguing with them about their position. It's, it's pointless. I got people, I mean, I got, I'm going to tell you how, I'm, can I tell you, can, can we talk for a second, Rita? I'm going to tell you, one of my, one of my ride and die friends, my ride and die brothers to the death, we was having this conversation, and we never really, I mean, we talked about it, but we never really talked about it. Well, we was talking about it the other day, and you could tell that the conversation was shifting. Now, we never, you know, I mean, we was never, not, not even close, but you could tell that there was something off about it, Sam, by the time we got off the phone. So I, 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 turned, I told Joanne, uh, I was like, something, something's off, because we never get off the phone like that, ever. I mean, not. I mean, we still in love to hold up, but never where there was something that was uneasy. And he doesn't mind me because I, I told him I was going to use this to share with you. So this was last Thursday, right? So Thursday night I'm praying for him. Wednesday, I'm, I mean, Friday praying, Saturday, Sunday praying. Monday, I got up. I was praying on the 6 a.m. prayer call, and I got off the call. The father said, you need to call him. First of all, you need to pray for him, then you need to call him. So I called my brother. Hey, man, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Talking. Yeah. Man, what's up? Something's off. What's up? And he said, you know, I thought that the other day, too, you know. And it wasn't until we was on the phone. Now, ride and die. Tell him I ride and die. Call the brother right now. He rolling. Trust him with everything. I, nothing I don't trust him with. He said, it wasn't until I started talking to you right now and I realized a spirit of division tried to sneak up on me because of what we was talking about. I'm like, for real? I was like, I didn't say I was for or against. I, I, we were just talking. He's like, I know, he said, but that's how subtle it was. A spirit of division creeped up, ride and die. And then him and I began to talk about how many relationships people have fallen out, lifelong friends, family members, at odds about something that at the end of the day ain't gonna make a difference to their salvation. I'd ask you the same question. Are you preaching salvation or the kingdom to, of God to them as much as you preaching about this vaccine? If you're not, you preaching the wrong message. Ride and die. So him and I started laughing about it, joking about it and everything, but it just shows if, our, if we were not mature enough in our relationship, mature enough in our, in our relationship with the Lord, it could have very easily went a whole different way. Very easily. So, I say all that to say, don't waste your time. Argue with people about it. They, you ain't going to convince them. They're not going to convince you. Go on with your relationship anyway. People are pouring out years of relationships over something that at the end of the day you can't make them do what you want them to do. They can't get you to do what they, you want them to do. Both of y'all concrete cranial, hard headed and neither one of y'all listen to each other. Why waste time? People are dying for real. I've seen a lady really this, this, this older lady she could I mean she did not speak English and she had to go to the washroom and she's ringing that bell and, and, and they so stretched that they can't even get to her. So somebody else had to help her. And when it was time for that lady to come out of that washroom, she knocking on the door, but nobody's there to answer the door. So I gotta go out there and get them. Hey guys, <laughs> she needs some help. 
It's real, people. It's real. So I'm telling you, stop. Please, stop. Please. You ask me, would I do it if it was between me being able to serve you in ministry and being able to come to your bed, your hospital bedside and pray with you and your family members and everything, or go ahead and not being able to do that, or go ahead and, and believe in God that no weapon formed against me shall prosper and taking a shot, would I do it? Absolutely in a heartbeat. I'm going to tell you right here, I'm telling you, I would do it. To save your life, I'd do it. Now, that means I'm not saved enough to be your leader, then God bless you. If, if your life was on the line, would I do it? No heart. Not even, it's not even a question for me. Because I trust God. So. That's it. So. So we're going to pray for the first because they're hurting. And I, I, I cannot, I mean, if you know a nurse, a doctor, uh, a CNA, a, a, a housekeeping, whatever, you got, you got to pray for them. Because it's real, people. It, the news doesn't even do it any justice. It's real. And they hurt. And I was so, I was so upset about it. it it's unreal because it's real they hurt so I'm not trying to, I'm not swaying y'all know what we all I can tell you is what Milton Jones would do to save your life I wouldn't even think twice about it to be able to be there if you say hey I need you to go to my family member's bedside and the only way you're going to be able to do it is if you got to do this I do it. In the Marine Corps, I know they gave us some stuff that was a lot worse than that. So, I'm just telling you, I love you. Sister Jordan loves you. And, and that's it. My dad was about to transition. I couldn't be there, Sam. I was in Michigan. He was in Ohio. I couldn't get there. I wanted to be there. I couldn't because I was too far away. When I wanted to go, I couldn't. Do you know what that's like? To want to be there and you can't because you're too far away. My younger brother, my older brother, had a motorcycle accident, and he he was in the hospital. They had him in IC surgical intensive care unit, and I'm ten hours away, and I just left a Bible study. I'm oh, I'm in, about to jump in the car, pack some stuff on my way. The only reason why I didn't is because my mother said, "No, not yet. Come tomorrow morning. You need to sleep. No use of you being on the road and something happening to you." but there was nothing that prevented me from doing it. But the other day, getting there and had to go through that whole process just to be able to go and pray with the family, it wasn't worth it. So, do whatever you wanna do. I'm not saying, telling you what to do. All I'm telling you is, if, if it came down for us being able to serve you 
do the work that God called us to do, will we do it? Absolutely. Would I trust God? Absolutely. The same way he told me to trust him when it came to my family, it's the same way he told me to trust him now. Regardless of what you guys do, regardless of what you guys think. So, we're going to make this declaration. We're going to get right into the word because we got a lot to give you this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you all for your prayers and support last week when we were at uh, Live and Praise Ministry. We had a, a great time. I'm telling you what, they praise God. It's a wild, it's a very wild experience, but the spirit of God was so heavy in there, it made it easy to preach in Jesus' name. Now, make this declaration in the corner of Isaiah 61 and 1. It says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, the open of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord a day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Rita, you can sit in my chair. that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall repair the waste. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So let's, let's. So we're going to pray for the, the first responders, the hospital workers, the doctors, Yep. All the family members who have been affected by COVID. We've had people close to us transition from COVID. I'm not going to walk around here mad and watch people die at the same time. It's pointless. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. I'm going to pray in English. You can pray in the Holy Spirit. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity to come before your presence. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus for the first responders. We pray for every doctor. We pray for every every nurse. We pray for every CNA. We pray for every patient assistant in the name of Jesus. We pray for the lab technicians. Father, we pray right now in you for the ambulance drivers in Jesus' name. We pray for the paramedics. Father, we pray for the We pray, Father God, for every family, every staff member of the hospital, of the nursing uh, care units. We pray, Father God, for every patient on the intensive care unit floors of every COVID unit floor in the name of Jesus. We declare that by Jesus stripes they're healed from the crown of their heads to the very soles of their feet. We declare, Father God, that no weapon that's formed against them shall prosper and every tongue rose against them in judgment they shall 
they should condemn and find to be in the wrong. We declare, Father God, that everyone who has received the vaccine, Father God, that no hurt, harm, or danger shall come near them in the name of Jesus. It shall, it shall no deadly thing shall hurt them. It shall pass through their bodies, Father God, like water, like water passing through their bodies in the name of Jesus. They are protected by the blood of Jesus, they are protected according to Psalms 91. No sickness or disease shall come upon them. We take authority over the spirit of infirmity, sickness, and disease. We bind your operations in the name of Jesus, and we command you to desist in your operation against them. We loose ministering angels to go forth right now, ministering healing to them now in Jesus' name. We declare, Father God, in the name of Jesus, no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. We won't operate in fear, but we will operate in your love. Your love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We declare shalom, shalom, peace, where there's nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking. Father, we pray for every, every family who's been affected by COVID, Father God, whether by sickness, whether by death, whether by employment, in the name of Jesus. We declare, Father God, that you supply their every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because they seek first your kingdom, Father God, all these things have already been added unto them. And Father, for those who have contemplated about taking the vaccine but are in fear of doing it because of what others may have said or are done, we take authority over that spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. We give it no place. And for all those, Father God, who aren't taking it, Father God, for whatever reason, we declare that they should not be in fear in the name of Jesus. Father God, you're a good, 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 good father, and we're loved by you. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So what, what the part, Andrew, we were saying this morning, just so you know, as we told, we told everybody this, if it came down to it, where the only way we will be able to service you or your family is we would have to take uh, take a vaccine uh, vaccine shot to say in order to allow us to be able to do that would we do it? No question about it, we do it. Why? Because I don't have no fear what man can do unto me. I didn't say that. That's what the Father said to me. Do you believe that man can make something that I don't have anything to overcome? I have not already defeated. No, sir, not at all. If it comes down to it, would I do it to, to serve you? Yes. Would I do it because God told me to do it? Yes. Would I do it because somebody's trying to mandate me to do it and I'm afraid of what they can do to me? No. Do I agree with the mandate? No, 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 no. I think it's everybody's own personal choice. So if you're vaccinated, praise God, you're welcome to ignite. You're not vaccinated, praise God, you're welcome to ignite. We don't trip about that. We won't trip about that. We won't give the adversary one place in this house for division. And a lot of families are divided right now, a lot. Of families are divided about something that at the end of the day is not going to get you to heaven. So if anyone is upset with me, God bless you, the blood of Jesus over me, I hug you on, on your way out the door. But I'm not letting people go, I'm not going to be afra more afraid of what man can do to me than what what the Father's already said. 
Do I believe COVID, the vaccine is something that is necessary for me to receive my healing? No, no more than taking a tablet, no more than having a surgery. I, I, don't, I don't, personally, I don't believe that for me. I didn't say what it is for you. I'm talking about for me. For me. Who made your body? So you trying to tell me that somebody figured out something more advanced than God did. Help me with that. That makes no sense. Well, this could happen and that could happen. Do y'all remember, what was it back in that early 80s, late 80s, early 90s, when they started messing around with people's food and everything, and those 12-year-old girls started looking like they was 25, and like, God the mighty, what happened? How many people stopped eating? Nobody. So, that's not my message today. I'm off that box. He just said to put it out there at the very beginning, so I put it out there at the very beginning. If you would have been there with me Friday, you will understand. It was real. It's real. Them people are hurting. They broken. They have no hope. And we have hope, the very hope that all mankind, he made available to all mankind. And we arguing about something that is not going to make a difference at the end of the day. Well, you could die. Hell, I could eat a shrimp and die. I could walk across the street and die. I'm not afraid of death. Because from absent from this body is presence with the Lord. I got a mentor who, one of my mentors, he hellish about this. He argued about this every day. I'm like, dude, at some point in time, talk about something else. Talk to them about the solution. Stop talking to them about the problem. Now, God told me to share this with you. Are y'all ready? Y'all ready to receive the word or y'all? Do I need to give y'all money? Do y'all need a first John 1 9 about those thoughts that y'all thinking about me right now? And I mean, whatever. I mean, what, what needs to happen? God told me on Friday, I was sitting in a prayer breakfast. God told me on Friday, speak the word only. In season, out of season whether it's popular, whether it's not, whether you're getting persecuted, whether you're not. He told me to stop having to let, getting into debates with people about what their positions are, because I didn't debate them anyway, but don't even get in those conversations about debates. But what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? If if was a fifth, we all be drunk. If if was a fifth, we all be drunk. There's always an if. So this is what he told me to give you. I love y'all. I love all of y'all. Look at me. Look at me. I love all of y'all. Now, what he said to tell, show me to tell you this morning is get ready for the out overflow. You need to get ready for the overflow. You need to get ready for the overflow. See, all this ish, 
all this is is set up. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the adversary has so set the church up and they don't even see it. He's got the church as so much division, schism, and can I ask you a question? How can you minister to people that you're in strife with? Anybody? There was people who was trying to accuse Jesus, trip Jesus up, set him up, all kind of stuff, all the time. His own people were, all the time. You know what he never did? You know what the interesting thing about that is? He never let them trip, let them trip him up. He walked in love with them no matter what. Even the Pharisees, the Sadducees, when they talked about him continuously. He never lost focus. And God said, the church has lost focus. He told me to tell you this, get ready for the overflow. He had me to share this last week and he told me to tell you this this morning. He says, whatever you make happen for God's house will happen at your house. Whatever you make happen for God's house, God will make happen for your house. He says, it's a kingdom principle. Genesis 8.22 says, as long as the earth remains, seed time, harvest. Seed time, harvest. Let me slow it for you. Seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, harvest. So you got to get the seed, give it time, seed harvest. He says it works every time. He says, you ask the question, why do we tithe? We tithe so that there, we bring our tithes to the storehouse. We bring our tithes to God's house. As a result of us bringing our tithes to God's house, what, what's the, what happens? The result is there's always going to be resources in our house. Why do we sow offerings above the tithe? We sow the offering as a seed, as an investment into God's house, which causes him to give us a return on our investment. Some 60, some 30, some 100 fold. So whatever you make happen at God's house, God will make happen at your house. If you want, if you want things, people to, to serve in your house, serve in God's house. You want people to operate in love in your house, operate in love in God's house. You want resources to be in your house, make sure that there's resources in God's house. That's God's kingdom principle. There's no getting around it. You can read from Genesis all the way to Revelation. That, that system never changes. People say, are, are you trying to get people's money? Not at all. I trust God for everything. He told me to tell you that it's the blessing of the Lord which will make you fully rich. And he says he adds no sorrow with it. Neither does any amount of toiling cause it to increase. It's God's super on your natural, which makes it supernatural. Prime example of that is Joseph back in Genesis 39. Even when he was a slave in, 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 uh, in Potiphar's house, it says that he was a blessed man. What caused him to be blessed? Because it, he had God's super on his natural, which made it supernatural. He had God's super on his natural that made it supernatural. And God said, that's what I prepare for you. He says, but in order for you to experience it, he said, the choice is yours. And according to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 
19, he says, the choice is yours. He actually said to tell you that, you know, he says, I've, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse, so you choose. Now, when we started talking about this last week and we were studying it for this over the last few weeks, he said, so choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. And God says, choosing life means choosing my way of doing things, operated according to the kingdom. Choosing death means operating according to the world's way of doing things. He says, you are the deciding factor. No one can decide it for you. No one can decide it for you. He says, not only will you be able to live, he said, you and your descendants. And he says, how do you operate in life? By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him. So you love God when you love him. I mean, you're, you're operating in life when you're loving God, you're obeying his voice, and you're holding fast to his ways of doing things. You say, well, that's, that's Old Testament. Give me New Testament. John 15 says this, if you love me, keep my commandment. What's his commandment? To love others just like Christ has loved you. So if you really want to demonstrate how much you love God or demonstrate how much the love of God is on the inside of you, how do you do it? By loving others just like God loved you. Now, there's a point we're going to get to today. There's, there's going to be a healing that's going to take place today, but it's not going to be in the way that you're thinking. So God is telling you that the choice is yours. You can choose to operate in life, or you can choose to operate according to death. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. The one thing we always say to people, there's no escaping choices. God, how do you know God wants you to, us to prosper? And how do you know this is, he's telling us to get ready for the great outpouring, the great overflow. He says this, he says, and according to John, third John chapter, well, third John, there's only one chapter, verse two, it says this, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as or at the same extent to which your soul is prosperous. So you will only be prosperous and in health according to the things of God to the extent in which your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, is prospering. Are y'all listening to me? So if, if you're not prospering in an area that nine times out of 10, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions hasn't been renewed enough in that area so you know how to begin to talk like it, walk like it, act like it. November, this, this month, this upcoming month, starting tomorrow, uh, International Pastors and Leaders Forum will be fasting for 30 days. And we're fasting for 30 days, prayer and fasting for 30 days. And the whole purpose of it is because God says there's going to be a rise and a restoration of the prodigal sons and daughters coming back into the house, coming back into the kingdom. 
coming back into right relationship. So starting tomorrow, it's going to be 30 days of prayer and fasting. There's going to be pastors all over the city who are going to be praying and fasting. And the whole, and it's because God says there's a rise and restore of the prodigal sons and daughters back into the house. It's not that they might come, it's that they will come. Can I tell y'all something that many of y'all, unless you've been on the call, don't know, I used to be a prodigal. I knew God. I knew of God. I didn't really know him. I knew of him. I didn't know God, and I walked away. But when I came back, can I tell you something? Even when I was a prodigal, that word that was sown on the inside of me kept speaking to me, even in, in my darkest moments. Even when I was a prodigal, you know something else that happened, Rita? My parents never stopped praying for me. My mother wore out knee pads praying for me. My mother still prays for me today. You know, I can outrun the radio. I can outrun a police car. Not that I had to, but if I wanted to, I could. But you know something I couldn't outrun? I couldn't outrun God. And I couldn't outrun his love because he loved me in some of the most unique ways and with people I would have never thought he would have used to love me. He loved the fool right off of me. My parents loved the fool right off of me. You can't do anything to make God stop loving you. But I tell you, I'm gonna tell you something he shared with us this morning on the call, that parents, you need to stop talking to about, about your kids where they are today. You need to begin to do like Abraham did in, in accordance to Romans chapter 4, 17, call those things to be not as though they are. You know what my parents started doing, Talon? Even before I ever came back and acknowledged the fact that I was back in re relationship with God, they treated me as if I was. They never called me by what I was doing. They only called me by what it is they had been praying concerning me. That's how they always responded to me. I did not ha know how to outrun that love because you don't know what? That love would talk to you in the middle of the night. That love would talk to you in, in your greatest high. That love would talk to you. You could be drunk as a skunk, can't even think straight. You ever know, seen people who drunk and then they start preaching? You'd be like, how you gonna be drunk and preach? Because that word's still on the inside of them and it comes out. So the month of November is, is a month of rise and restoration. The prodigal sons and daughters are coming back home and we're gonna be praying fervently for you and for your children. So, and I mean, we're not talking about just biological children. We're talking about adopted children, what the world would call stepchildren. We're talking about spiritual children who have who walked and turned away from God during this time. We're talking about them too. God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. Money is the lowest part of prosperity. When you say prosperity, people automatically go to money. Money is the lowest form of prosperity. Money can buy you company, but it can't buy your wife. Money can buy you a house, but it can't buy your home. Money can buy you medicine, but it can't buy you healing. Money can buy you some drugs, but it can't buy you no peace. Money is the lowest form of prosperity. Now we need money, don't get, don't get it twisted. But you know what's something that's greater than money? 
God's favor. Because God's favor could, could cause other people to want to be good to you. They don't even know why they being good to you. Now, you know why, but they don't know why they're going to be good to you. You don't know they don't you don't know why or they don't know why they want to be a blessing to you every time they see you. We we have this one person we do I do business with. It's almost an insult to him if he don't give me the best of what he got. I don't even know the guy's name. I know his face, I don't know his name. But you know what? At the same time, every time we have an opportunity to be good to somebody, I'm gonna be, we're going to be good to you. We look for ways to be, to be a blessing to people. We look for ways. I mean, sometimes ministers you in be like, hey, 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 okay, enough. Because I'd give the whole house away. She'd be, I, I'd be looking for people. And she'd be, okay, enough already, bro. Okay, I know, I know, I know you want to be good to me. I know, but they look. Now, God's desire is that you prosper and be in health to the extent which your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion is prosperous. So we're going to talk about that for a couple minutes, and then we're going to get to the part he wants us to get to today. See, as a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. According to Proverbs 23 and 7, as you think in your heart, it doesn't matter what you say about what's in your head. As you think in your heart, that's the real you. And he says the real you will always show up. Do you know that's why when we talk about when young ladies and men start dating, we say, hey, date at least a year before you start talking about marriage? Because people can act like they got sense for a year. Like when, if, if you brought somebody to church on Sunday and they, you know, bringing in the sheets and all that and they start, you know, you don't know if they're praying in tongue or not. Just call somebody go shot, that, 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 that. You don't know if they're praying in tongue. They might, be, they might be chanting. You don't know. Anybody ever heard somebody chant before? It sounds a whole lot like praying in tongues. And they not praying to, they praying to a, a statue which has no power at all. No power. But you, as you and the Holy Spirit working in unison, praying God's most perfect will. But he says the real you will always show up, no matter how much you try to fake it, no matter how much you try to smile and cheese and all that, when you get squeezed, the real you's gonna show up. A few weeks ago, God was talking to us and about idolatry. Remember that? A few weeks ago, God was talking to us about idolatry. And most people think when you talk about idolatry, you're talking about you, you bending down, you worshiping an idol or something like that. I used to think that too. But God gave me a different definition. He says idolatry starts with pride. Idolatry starts with pride. It says, it's now it starts with pride, but it's manifested through exalting your view or your thoughts equal to or higher than God's words. So if you say, how do you know somebody is operating in idolatry? When that person 
organization, government, or whatever it may be, is exalting their views, their thoughts, equal to or higher than God's word. It's one of the leavens of the world. So, so one of the biggest things that's going on in the world right now is idolatry. It's a spirit of idolatry. Spirit of Jezebel is idolatry. Now, again, what does it what it is what does it look like to think of yourself to think higher of yourself than you should? That's pride. Excusing yourself, your views, your thoughts from the scrutiny of God's word. So when you're operating in idolatry, you're excusing yourself. You're seeing your views, your thoughts, your opinions higher than what the word of God says. Word of God says that by Jesus stripes you're healed. Nope, 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 nope. I'm going to be sick all the days of my life. Word of God says that I've already delivered you. No, no, no. I'm going to be, you know, a uh, prime example. I know people have gone through AA and NA, and when the first thing that they say out of their, their mouth, hi, my name is Bob, and I'm a, and I'm a uh, alcoholic. Now, Bob ain't had a drink in 10 years, but he still refers to himself as an alcoholic, even though God has already delivered him from it. This disease that I have. Or, 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 you ever heard somebody say this, Rita, my diabetes, or my cancer, or my low blood sugar, or my high blood pressure. They have taken ownership of it, which is exalting their views and opinions higher, higher than what the word of God has to say. That's a form of idolatry. And they, they excuse the, their views their thoughts from the scrutiny of God's word and from the accountability of godly counsel. They won't receive godly counsel. How do you know you're operating in idolatry when you can't receive godly counsel? Somebody comes to you, a leader or something comes to you, talk to you about a situation that's going on in your life and everything, trying to help to guide you in the way you should go. You ain't trying to hear, I bump all that. Man, this is what I think. This is what I believe. I'm going to do me. You do you. You operating in idolatry. Because the first step of idolatry is pride. Pride can't receive correction. Not that correction is not available. Pride can't receive it. How many people know we all been there? Your boy included. What? Man, get, man, get out of my face. The guy who was mentoring me, Sam, he was talking to me one day, and he said something to me, and I knew he was right on. He said it to me, though. I, well, I told him, this is what I said. I quoted scripture back at it. Mm. One ought not think more higher of themselves than they ought. I, was being, I got real deep on him, Sam, and I walked away. <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, you know he's right. I said, I know, but I ain't going to tell him right now he's right. And I walked away because I, I didn't want to hear that. But I didn't leave it that way. The next break, I went back to him, Rita, and this is what I said to him. I said, man, I, I apologize. You're right. I just didn't want to hear it. He said, you know I love you. I said, I know you love me because love corrects. 
even when it's not going to make you popular. Even when, as a pastor, you can correct somebody and you can, and yes, sir, he says this. I would not be doing my, my, my doing you diligent or honoring God if I never told you the truth. If I just told you everything that you wanted to hear, jumped on every bandwagon, and everything, yeah, 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 yeah. And I can see you about to drive off a cliff. If I don't tell you the truth, I don't love you. Because love tells the truth no matter what. In the face of scrutiny, you tell the truth. In the face of people walking away from you, you tell the truth. You tell the truth no matter what. Do you love people so much that you want to help them? Make the right decision? Absolutely. But you know what, though? I'm going to tell you something I found out. I can't make your decisions for you, no matter how much I want to. And that is something I had to learn. Lord, but I, Lord, but if they make, if they go this way, Lord, just, Lord, Lord. And he stopped me and says, you cannot make their decision for them. I was like, I understand, Lord, but if they, if they do what they talking about doing, it's going to hurt them. He said, you can't make their decisions for them. It's kind of like a teacher. When, uh, when they give you the test, teacher can't give you the answer. You got to take the test first. And many people in the body of Christ have been taking tests, and some people have passed, and some people have failed. But guess what? This is a great thing about uh, Holy Ghost University. If you bomb a test, you got so many redos that you can do. You just get to go around that same mountain again and again and again till you pass the test. Now, what do we do when we realize that there's adultery going on? We, we, we've gotten off into adultery, regardless of how large or how small. What do we do? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us exactly what to do. He says this. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God to the overthrow and destroying of strongholds, fortified patterns of thinking. In so much as we refute, what does refute mean? Put off, throw off all arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So if there's any thought that I might have that's higher than the word of God, what am I going to do? I'm going to put it off. Uh-uh, I don't receive that. I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus because God, your word says. Father, they, they said that, 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 that inflation is going to overcome us and we all going to be broke by the end. Uh-uh, uh-uh, I cast that thought down. I don't receive that. Father, your word says that you supplied all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, uh-uh, they said my whole household, my, my son going to be a, a drug addict, my, my daughter going to be a prostitute. Uh-uh, uh-uh, not, not my house, Father, because my children are taught of you, Lord God, and great is the peace of my children. I'm not going to speak anything over of our children, your children, over you that doesn't line up with what the word of God has to say about you. No matter what you say about you, that's not what I'm going to say about you. 
No matter what you say about your children, it's not what I'm going to pray concerning your children. I don't care what Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says about the nation of Canada and about people who, who, who are vaccinated or didn't get vaccinated. I don't care nothing about what he says. Only thing I'm going to speak over people is what the word of God has to say concerning them. Jesus died for each of Jesus is savior of the world. He came to save the whole world, but he's only a Lord to those who accepted what it is he did for them on the cross. Jesus came to save the whole world. Even Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Even Premier Doug Ford. Even some of the worst, worst scoundrels that you could ever think of. He came as Jesus came to save them too. But they have to choose, just like you and I, have to choose to receive what it is he did for them on the cross. This is the last part. Just because you're, you're, you pray doesn't mean you're praying in faith. I know he says, he says a lot of people are frustrated with their prayer life. He says, and I'm going to answer the question for you this morning. Just because you pray doesn't mean you're praying in faith. You could be praying in fear. The currency of the kingdom of God is faith. Money is not the currency of the kingdom of God. The currency of the kingdom of God is faith. He says this in James chapter 5. He says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And this is where the healing is going to take place this morning. He says this. He says in James chapter 5 verse 16. I'm reading out of the Amplified. He says this. Confess to one another therefore your faults. Your slips. Your false steps. Your offenses. He said, he says, many people in the body of Christ today are offended. He said, by the time I got to this point, there will be other people in who will be offended. He says, confess your offenses. Confess your slips. Confess your missteps. And what else? Pray for one another. So it's not enough just to to confess, but you also need to pray for one another. So we're going to do that this morning. See, you cannot go out and 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 demonstrate this to other people if it's not something you're willing to do to yourself. Like if 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 Chuan uh, and I have a have a, a issue. If I never own up to my part of it or she doesn't own up to her part of it, guess what doesn't happen? Healing doesn't happen. Restoration of that relationship doesn't happen. You know what also happens? Division sets in. And when division sets in, guess what else happens? Confusion. When confusion sets in, what else happens as a result of division and confusion? Every evil work adversary will run rampant in your house.
and you'll be looking at all everything else and the issue is a little closer to you than what you think he says i want you to confess your false one to another your slips your false steps your offenses he says i didn't pray for one another that you may be healed and restored so when you confess your faults one to another when you pray for one another then healing sets in restoration sets in where in your mind and in your heart in your mind and in your heart then he goes on and says the earnest heartfelt continuous prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in his working what does it mean to pray have a fervent earnest fervent prayer you know what fervent means <coughs> effective is your prayer effective is your prayer efficient because guess what faith and according to Galatians chapter 5 and 6 faith works by love so if you're in division and schism and strife with somebody you got a roadblock to your faith it's not working right but you can fix it right now you can fix it right now how you want to do that well, I'm going to tell you how we're going to act it out. Turn to your neighbors. If turn to your neighbor. Find a neighbor. If you don't have a neighbor, get with a group. And simply, hey, you know what? I confess the fact that, you know what? I, I, I eat more sugar than I should. I, I want to confess the fact that sometimes when my wife says stuff to me, I get upset with her, and I don't say anything to her, but on the inside, I cussed her out five times and, and ran over with the car three times. I'm, I'm going to confess the fact that, you know, sometimes when I hear somebody preaching the word, if they say something I don't like, I get offended with that individual. I just, I, I, you just as dumb as you want to be, dumb as a baka rock. I ain't talking to you, I ain't listening to that joker no more. Whatever it is, everybody has false steps. I do this with, with, with Minister Juin. I'll, I'll tell her about, and I don't be telling, I don't be telling her, like, no. Hey, you know what? I ate too much shrimp last night. I shouldn't have done that. I tell her like huge things. Baby, let me tell you something that I seen today. I was like, God, dog, whoo, I had to watch my eyes. And I, 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 I can snitch on me a lot better than you can snitch on me. Why am I doing it? Because I'm not giving the adversary any place with me. Any place with me. And God says he wants to do the same thing with you right now. So if you're watching online or you're listening and there's nobody there with you, man, let, hey, just just talk back to the TV. Hey, Pastor, this this is this is the fault that I'm confessing. Or you know, or, or just talk to God, Father. I just want to confess. If if you are by yourself, then if you're in a room with somebody, you want to do this with other people who are in the room with you. And the and what's going to happen as a result of it is you are going to receive healing and restoration in your heart and mind today and then what he wants you to do he wants you to take this home and do this with people in your household 
Do the, oh, that's good, Holy Spirit. He says, I want you to do this with those people who you know you have gotten into offense with, who you know you have been in, in, in uh, division, schisms, and strifes with, with those family members who let this, this issue with the whether you're vaxxed, not vaxxed, whether you believe it, whatever, does none of that matter. He says, I need you to go and restore those relationships. You want to know why? Because it's going to bring healing and health to those relationships. And you know what else is going to do? It's going to prepare their hearts to receive the word that's going to come to them to, that will bring them back into right relationship with God, back into the kingdom, back into right position. Are you willing to do that this morning? Are you willing to be doers of the word? Or do you just want to be hearers only? The choice is yours. All He said all, to tell you all that to get to this point, the choice is yours. This is how you're going to begin to see the restoration of the prodigals coming home. And the reason why is because if your heart is the way it is right now with the things in your heart the way it is right now when they come into the house how are you going to give them what you don't have yourself health and restoration health and restoration so yeah yeah so I'll, I'll, I'll go first I'll, I'll I confess that sometimes I, I take on more projects than I should. I confess that sometimes when my wife can be telling me, hey, you know, you can't, you can't add another rock to that pile. And I'd be like, but I, I got this. I can do it. Now, my, my, my the reason is because is my heart's desire is to be able to serve people more. But guess what? You're, you are, you are, the world says be a, you're a jack of all trades, but you're a master of none. God says, I need you to be like a sniper and focus on what it is I've called you to do. I, I also tell, tell confessing our false and, and false steps or, or whatever. I, if, some, if some before, I had somebody who wronged me. And you know what? I did not, I, I said the words out of my mouth instantly that I forgive them but quiet as it kept I it took me a little while to get past my my emotions concerning that that situation because to this day three years later they never apologized but you know what when I forgave them I forgave them not based off of them but based off of what the, what did the word of God say about it I'm, I'll confess something else that when I was uh, it took me years to understand that that 12-year-old boy who made a decision that he's never going to let people get close to him uh, had a lot of collateral damage for people that they hurt because when you don't know how to love other people because you don't know how to receive love, you can hurt a lot of people. See? I can confess that sometimes people can say stuff to me and some and as much as I, I walk in love with people, initially my initial response is like, who the heck? Oh, psh, it ain't worth it. Everybody has something. So I confess I don't have any, any shame about that at all. Why? Because pride doesn't allow me to stay in adultery and, and allow my views and my theories and my arguments and reasoning to exalt what it is the word of God just told me I'm supposed to do. 
Have I, did I, have I ever bear false witness to my wife before? Yes. Did I tell her that I did it? Yes. I told you that, but I didn't tell you all of it. Have I ever tried to help people who I shouldn't have helped? Yes. Even after she told me not to? Yes. Did I have to answer the, the re results of that? Yes. Have I ever gotten a sin with somebody? No. No, no, no. But if she tells me, if she has her shot, nah, nah, it's like, hey, you need to back off from that situation. Before, I would not always yield to it. But she tell me, if she gets a back off of it, it don't make a difference who you are, male, female, pastorly, it does not matter who you are. If she gives me this, you need to back off, I back off. I didn't always do that. I've been in churches before and I got offended. Got so offended one time, I was ready to leave. Only to find out that it wasn't their issue. Does that mean that they wasn't right? Or what they did was right? No. It wasn't based off of them. It was based on how I responded to what they did. Or what they said. So I can be transparent before you because I have nothing to hide. I don't give the adversary anything to accuse me with. Why? Because I put myself out of their own blast. I don't care what you think about me. You're going to think what you want to think about me anyway. This is what the Lord told me, and this is where we're stopping. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, talks about how Jesus let this, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who made himself of no reputation. He only sought to please God. If you tried to have a good reputation, you seeking to have a good reputation all the time, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to share this with you, Andrea. If you try to please people all the time, you will be most miserable. Please God. Do that which is pleasing before God. Because people's expectations change from day to day. Y'all remember Marilyn Monroe? Everybody was like, man, Marilyn Monroe was the bomb.com. Boom, boom, boom. Nobody realized she... Nobody realized that Marilyn Monroe was a size 16. A size 16. Marilyn Monroe. I know, right? You see somebody a size 16, today they be the oh, girl. Mm, they be trying to put you on a shame show. People's expectation. Or you can go to, you can cut on a, China, uh, uh, a Chinese uh, drama, and those girls look like they so skinny they can hula hoop with a Cheerio. And they call that sexy. And, and they look like boys. They flat on the front and flat on the back. Be like, what the, what the world? But in their mind, that's attractive. Make yourself a no reputation. Seek to please God. I have an audience of one. God. By pleasing God, I was far exceed your expectation. But if I sought to please you alone, I will fail to meet his expectation. Do y'all see that? I love you enough. All this is put in, I mean, from, from the very beginning, I, we just put it out there. Now you decide what you're going to do with it.
God says, get ready for the overflow. And he says, just like with a dam before the, the flood come in, you got to get all that stuff out the way. Just like a, a good farmer, they go and they plow up the fallow ground. And they plow up the fallow ground to get all that hardness, all that imperfection, all those weeds and stuff out of the ground. So when they get ready to sow that seed, which is the word, the ground is ready to receive it. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, except you've been so assigned, get ready for the overflow. I'm telling you, if you knew everything that God had in store for you that's on his way to you right now, you would do whatever you needed to do to get in position to receive it. So we said a lot this morning. We talked about how you can, you know, you're, as, you, as you think in your heart, so are you. You know, the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle in God's eyes is not somebody being healed physically. The greatest miracle in God's eyes is not somebody having a, a, a million dollar check put in their bank account. The greatest miracle, the greatest signs and wonders about the fact that God even sent Jesus is as we walk in love one towards another. And one of the greatest miracles you will see is somebody receiving Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. That's the greatest miracle you will see is when somebody turns from the kingdom of darkness and comes into the kingdom of light. I'd like to give you that opportunity to do that with me this morning by, by praying this prayer with me. Say it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive your love right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If, if you said this prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you. Welcome you into the body of Christ. Welcome you into the kingdom of God. If you said this prayer before and you're getting back in right relationship, welcome home. We've been expecting you in the name of Jesus. Now, what we're going to do now is this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God is not mad at you. God is not your problem. God is your solution. And regardless of whether people in the body of Christ always display the proper love of God or not, God is never your problem. But he is your solution. And from this day forward, if you need to find a safe place, a place where you can come and feel loved, accepted, no matter what your walk in life is, we open the doors at night up to you. You can be 10, you can be 110, it doesn't matter. You can be, come from, it doesn't matter what background you come from, the doors are open to you. We're gonna love you no matter what. Love does not mean you agree with everything. 
but love does mean you accept people for where they are today. Can't clean the fish before you catch it. Love them to life because that's what God did to you. He loved you to life. So, what's your next step now that you pray that prayer? Man, you need to get in a good word-based church that teaches about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and also teaches about the kingdom of God. We believe Ignite is that place for you. If you're too far away and you can't get to us, turn us online. Turn up to us on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you, or whatever platform you call us on. But most importantly, you want to find a local, um, local believers that you can pray together, cry together, confess your faults one to another together, and pray for one another for healing and restoration. On behalf of the uh, Sister Juin and the entire Ignite Depot Nation, I want to thank you for joining us today. God bless you. The blood of Jesus is on you. And remember this, Jesus loves you best. Oh,